the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Thursday morning. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with David Dawson and Damian Clotto. Hey, guys. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. And we're live and we're back. Yes, we're yeah. alive and kicking. And we do say Merry Christmas still. Well, yeah, what? Because well, we're Catholics. Yes. We'll, we'll keep saying it for a few more days. still the Christmas season. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people got a lot of good gifts. Hopefully everyone's starting the new year off right. I apologize for being a little congested, but that's a norm for me. You sound you sound all right. All right, I think you can pull this off. Good. We'll see if we can't get through the show without (laughs) me uh, coughing on someone or blowing my nose. In the meantime, today is the feast day of Saint Elizabeth (laughs) Ann Seton, and she is the patron saint for Catholic schools Mm -hmm. and also for widows. And I didn't realize she died at the young age of forty-six. Oh no, I thought she okay. Yeah. And uh, so mm. we're considering, in fact, that uh, Catholic school, she's the patron saint. We're going to offer up a prayer for her, mm-hmm. make sure our chitlins get educated properly in the name of the Father, Son, mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. Amen. You called Elizabeth Ann Seton to educate your children. Inspire us by her example to find your will in the present moment. Through her prayers, may we learn to teach others how to love like you. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and teacher. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We will learn more about St. Elizabeth Ann Seton later on during our Saint of the Day, but coming up at 10 after, we have some events in our listening area we will give you details about. You can find all of these events at our website at ccmedia.live. In 18 minutes, Dr. Ray Garendi joins us. He's a Catholic author and speaker, and today he's talking about teens and discipline, which is always a fun time, you know? (laughs) He has a new book called Standing Strong, Good Discipline Makes Great Teens. So looking forward to Dr. Ray Garendi's tips on that. In 35 minutes, David Dawson Jr. joins us. He's a COO of Witness to Love. And today we are talking about New Year's resolutions. So make sure you have y'all's down, you know, going to the gym and eating healthy and all the stuff that lasts like 10 days. Exactly. You know what I mean? We're going to talk today about that. Maybe some realistic ones. (laughs) Why, why, why create something that you're not going to hold true oh, to? Oh, but so. you know, it's fun. You, you feel yeah. great for about 10 days, and then yeah. you, you go if back you go, to your you lousy ways. <laughs> Continue, Gabby. We're sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, no, no, no. We that's digress. okay. In 48 minutes, Dana Dow joins us. She's the Director of Evangelization and Catechesis of the Diocese of Baton Rouge, and we're talking about hope in the new year. So we'll talk New Year's resolutions and then maybe something that can give us some hope. So we're balancing everything out today. Teens and discipline, New Year's resolutions, and then 
ending with some hope. And so. Damien will have a kale recipe uh, for that. Ooh, uh, that I won't have. Kale's not but in right now, Dave. I do have a good, good news. <laughs> Weather-wise, we got sunny skies and cool temperatures today. In fact, when you leave the house this morning, it's going to be just above freezing. I uh, will warm up to about a high of 62, a low of 40. Uh, no rain in the forecast, at least not at the moment. But tomorrow it will be wet. 100% chance of rain. Hmm. The high will be 63. The good news is that rain's going to clear out by tomorrow evening, and it's going to make way for a beautiful weekend where temperatures are going to be in the low 60s. Currently, in and around our area, temperatures over in Gulfport, it's 37. Home of Thibodeau, it's 40. 44 degrees in the Crescent City. Covington's a cool spot, 34 degrees. And in Baton Rouge, the capital, it's 35 degrees. Those are your temps. Don't go too far. We have your gospel coming your way next. Good morning, a blessed feast of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel comes to us from John chapter 1. John was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard what he said and followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following him and said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, Where are you staying? He said to them, Come and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, was one of the two who heard John and followed Jesus. He first found his own brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated Christ. Then he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You will be called Kephas, which is translated Peter. We've heard the gospel, and now we reflect. In today's gospel, John takes us to the third day in the new creation week begun by Jesus' arrival. As Jesus walks by, John testifies to two of his disciples, Behold the Lamb of God. Their lives are forever changed, for they will begin the journey of discipleship. They follow Jesus. Then Jesus turns and with the first words in the gospel asks them the question that confronts every person, What are you looking for? At this stage, they only recognize Jesus as a teacher as they ask in reply, Rabbi, where are you going? Jesus responded to them just as he does to us with an invitation and a promise. Come and you will see. The sacred text informs us that they stayed with Jesus all that day until about four in the afternoon. The Greek verb meno translated as stayed, has a significant meaning in John's gospel. It carries the deeper meaning of remain or abide. In this sense, it denotes an intimate relationship with a divine communion with God into which disciples are called. Thus, these two disciples not only learned where Jesus was lodging in an earthly sense, but they also began to discover that they were also to come to his true spiritual abode with the Father. True discipleship is always more than about Jesus and me. It's other-directed by its very nature. And therefore, Andrew, one of the two disciples, tells his brother Simon the great news that he has found the Messiah. 
Later he will learn that it was the Messiah who found him. Amazingly, Jesus tells Simon, You will be called Cephas, meaning rock. This name change, like the name changes of Abram and Jacob, indicates Simon's role in God's plan. He will become the rock upon which Jesus will build his church. We are all given a special dignity at the time of our baptism. Often we stumble along the way like Peter. But in the end, will we be faithful like Peter? If so, we too can share in Jesus' ministry as the Good Shepherd. Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sagers. Thank you, Jimmy, baby, and thank you for listening to Catholic Community Radio, and it's a new year, January 4th. Woo! Uh, It's already moving along, and we have some events we want to share with you that are taking place in and around our area. One in particular is the Cynical on the Lake. They're inviting you to a day of prayer. Uh, It'll help you to listen to God with hearts that are open to being filled with grace. Each of the talks are from 8.30 a.m. until 3 p.m. with Mass at noon, $30 registration. Uh, The fee also includes uh, coffee, muffins, and a box lunch. Hmm. If you'd like more information, you can go to ccmedia.live. St. George Catholic Church will be having a men's and women's acts retreat. The men's retreat will be February the 22nd through the 25th at the Tracy Center in Baton Rouge, and the deadline to register is January 14th. And the Women's Acts Retreat for St. George in Baton Rouge is March 21st through the 21st, and they too will be at the Tracy Center in Baton Rouge, and the deadline to register for the Women's Acts Retreat is January 21st, just a week later. So you might want to do that. These things fill up quick. And more information, go to ccmedia.live. Yes. Well, talking about filling up quickly are the Women of Manresa retreats. And this is a retreat that's going to be taking place in March of this year. The Women of Manresa retreats are where a Jesuit priest will offer the spiritual exercises for women at the Cynical on the Lake in Metairie. The retreats will follow the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola and follow the same schedule and format of the retreats offered for the men. It will be a silent retreat from Thursday evening until Sunday midday and open to 64 women. And the dates of the retreat are March 21st through the 24th. You can go to ccmedia.live for more information. I know we're giving out a lot of information about retreats, yeah. and uh, in fact, yours truly will be going on one next week. Oh, boy. I do my annual uh, retreat at Manresa. Manresa. Mm-hmm. But nice. something else everyone is anticipating and lo- looking forward to is The Chosen. It starts. The new season, that's yes. right. Season four. Yes. The dates are out. Here you go, folks. You could jot these down, but the, keep in mind, all these episodes are going to be seen at theaters first in oh, the United okay. States and Canada. Episodes one through three, you'll find them in theaters on February 1st through the 14th. Then on February 15th to the 28th, episodes four through six. And then finally, episodes seven and eight. You'll find that on Leap Day, February 29th is when that'll be released into theaters. And, of course, after the theaters get to show them and they make all the money off of tickets, 
You'll be able to uh, download it by way of Angel app at angel.com. I wonder I wonder if it's going to be like all at once that they're going to be on an angel, or will it be like, you know, oh, after a couple of weeks at the theater, you get the first one? I'm you know sure what it'll I mean? be like that. You think I don't so? Think, I don't think they're going to give you all eight at one okay. time. Well, I'm looking forward to that. They usually do that. Do they? They usually okay. post like an episode or two, and then you have to wait a week you gotta or wait. two. Yep. I, I hope, can't wait. I hope the trailer the is out on YouTube, by the way. Go watch it. Oh, it's really good. So, oh, yeah. Really support the cause. It's Man, awesome. and I hope the theaters are full. Mm-hmm. That would speak volumes, wouldn't mm-hmm. it? So I have time for one more. St. Peter's Catholic School will have their open house on Friday, January 5th at 9 a.m. The open house is for students who will be entering pre-K through 7th grade uh, to RSVP. Go to St. Peter's. Go to ccmedia.live. <laughs> That's tomorrow, by the way. It is tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. So go to ccmedia.live. We'll have that link for you because it's the other one's too hard to translate. So there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All righty. Well, we've got some events. If you want more, again, go to ccmedia.live, as, as Dave just said, and there's plenty more. Just check out oh, the yeah. calendar. In the meantime, don't go too far because Ray Grandy, Dr. Ray Grandy, is going to be here talking about teens and how we can straighten them out. All <laughs> right. On Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for January 4th. Today we celebrate Saint Elizabeth Ann Seton. Now there's a familiar name, especially in the U.S. Today we mark the feast of America's first native-born saint. An extraordinary woman by any account, Elizabeth Ann Bailey Seton was a wife, widow, mother, convert, foundress of the first American religious community for women, the Sisters of Charity, and of the first American parish school. All of it came in the space of 46 short years. There is something uniquely American about the former socialite, born two years before the American Revolution. Born into a wealthy family, Elizabeth married a successful businessman, saw her husband lose his fortune and die young, experienced disapproval for leaving the Episcopal Church, and struggled to keep her family together by drawing on her talents and her desire to serve humanity. Elizabeth was invited to open a girls' school in Baltimore, which she did in 1808. Within one year, she had founded a religious community of women whose members devoted themselves to teaching and serving the poor. Mother Seton knew disappointment, death, and pain throughout her life, but she turned to God and found God at every point. Canonized by Pope Paul VI in 1975, she is buried in Emmitsburg, Maryland. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Almost 19 after the hour on this Thursday morning. Happy Thursday, everyone. Welcome back to Wake Up. Damian Collado, Gabby Smith, along with David Dawson, and now our special guest, Dr. Ray Garandi. He is a Catholic father of 10 adopted children, a clinical psychologist for 40 years plus, and a professor, I, I should say a professional speaker, both on radio and television. He's got his own shows, folks. This guy knows what he's talking about, and he's been doing it for years, and we're just happy to have him to kick off our new year. Dr. Ray, welcome to Wake Up. Damien, you read that exactly as I wrote it. <laughs> well, hey, uh, take I, gotta, I love the fact that you got a new book out, Standing Strong, 
Good discipline makes great teens. At first, I thought it was good disciples make great teens, and hopefully they'll become disciples uh, along the way. But I have to ask you, why, why a book like this now versus not 10 or 20 years ago? The culture, Damien, is no longer on faith-filled parents' sides. Mm. The kids try to navigate this culture at the conveyor belt going by with all kinds of opportunities and temptations, and they're looking around them at all these other parents, looking at their mom and dad saying, hey, how could all those people be wrong and you be right? And so now parents need to really stand strong against that culture. Not only the technology, but the social freedom, the media, everything that's assaulting their children, and they can't parent in fear. So many parents are parenting in fear. What if I make a mistake? What will happen? What if my kids leave the church? What if I'm not doing it right? What if my kid threatens to run away? What if my kid gets into drugs? What if my daughter goes lives with her boyfriend? So they're parenting under that black cloud. And this book is designed to do two things. One, help them stand against that culture no longer on their side. And two, to discipline in such a way that they can actually enjoy the teen years. So how do they go about do that? Give us a, a couple of examples of how we can discipline our teens and, and at the same time build that relationship that we're really trying to, to build, which is respect and, and um, you know, obedience to some degree. There's a whole chapter, Damien, in the book on respect. Nothing corrodes a relationship quicker than disrespect. Mm -hmm. And so often the uh, interchange between parents and kids is filled with edginess, eye-rolling, huffy sighs, whatever, mom. (laughs) That kind of disrespect really causes problems in a relationship. So I talk about how to get rid of that. And and some experts will say, you've got to let them express themselves. Well, yeah, but there's a huge difference between expression and disrespect. Mm-hmm. And I talk about that, and I give parents a lot of consequences for dealing with this. So that's one area. You know, another area, parents will say to me, what's the one thing I can do during those early teen years especially to totally sabotage my parenting? I'll say, oh, that's easy. Give them a smartphone. Uh-huh. That'll do it. That'll do it. That'll put the universe right in the palm of their hand, Mm -hmm. and they will hear from everybody and everything how you are wrong, how Jesus doesn't belong, how everything that your parents are doing is so last week. Absolutely. Parents are giving smartphones years too early. And I hope you address that. I'm sure you do, uh, because I think the longer you can keep a, a, a teen away from a, a phone for any length of time, the better off they're going to be. So what what about the fact of, of I find uh, parents in today's world have a, a challenge in regards to laziness? They're teens barely want to go to school. Then when they get home, they don't want to do anything. How do you motivate the parents to help motivate the teen? Laziness, in part, Damien, comes from the fact that kids have too many opportunities. Mm. I have a computer. I have friends on the phone. I have friends in my text. I have so many opportunities for entertainment that anything that can interfere with my entertainment, I retreat from. Ooh, that's boring. Oh, that's a drag. You want me to go visit Aunt Mary? Oh, come on. She is She's 89 years old. Why would I want to go visit her? So what happens is 
in competition, the entertainment wins, and the stuff of initiative, the stuff of perseverance, the stuff of focus starts to fall aside. So how do you deal with this without your child just uh, creating an uproar or threatening to leave and I'm never coming home again. You know, discipline for a parent in today's world, it seems like we've become gun shy of of trying to put our foot down. I could tell you, I wasn't raised that way and my children weren't raised that way. And I think they turned out pretty good. But but, you know, parents are sometimes uh, feel like they're pressured not to, um, I don't know, uh, uh, spare the rod. I guess they do it a little too much. And I'm not saying you should beat your kids. But, boy, you definitely need to discipline. And, and how do they go about doing that? Because your book is, is critical in, in incorporating virtues as well to go along with that discipline. And that's important. The streets do not like discipline. As a general Uh, rule, they think you can raise children with the right amount of reasoning, the right amount of I messages and you messages and expressive listening and active listening. And so parents are trying to do everything psychologically correctly, at least Mm -hmm. the parents who care anyway. The kinds of parents who listen to your program are the ones who care, Mm -hmm. kinds of grandparents who listen to your program. So what is happening is that you're right. Gun shy is a good word. Uh, because they're thinking we're doing, we could be doing something wrong. And gee, I, I, I don't want to do something that's going to make my kid resent me. I don't want to do something that's going to make my kid get sneaky and deceptive. I don't want to do something that's going to make my kid puke up religion when he's 21 years old because I made him go to church when he was 16 and he didn't want to go to church. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're parenting like that now. You right. cannot parent that way. It's not possible. If you parent that way, you will probably bring about the very same thing you feared. The book is designed to put parents in calm, confident charge. And here's the the irony of it, Damien. If you have authority, loving authority, Mm -hmm. you don't use it very often. If you don't have authority, you're constantly chasing something that looks like it, creating a lot of friction with your kid. So how is the book set up? Do you do it in the form of certain chapters? Uh, is there a Q&A or, or what? Because you being a psychologist, um, I'm sure the, the thought process, you, you, when you put it on paper, uh, you want it to make it easy to read. And, and I love your humor, so I'm sure you incorporated that as well with the book. Well, it's scratch and sniff, Damien. I figured oh. that's the easiest way to oh. do it. Oh, no. See what I mean? Not, with, not with teens. <laughs> no. Don't, don't scratch and sniff with your kid's room. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. uh, not unless you uh, like uh, stinky it's, socks, you know? I mean. <laughs> it's Q&A. It's 70 of the most common discipline questions and, and parenting confidence questions that I get asked. You know, how do you stand against the culture? What do you do about a smartphone? What about disrespect? What about chores? What about lack of motivation at school? Mm-hmm. What about overactivity? Those kinds of things. What about refusal to get along with siblings? What about bullying a sibling? All of the common questions that parents ask, and it's all geared toward getting them to feel confident, comfortable, so that these teen years, and I start this out at the very beginning of the book, I say I think teens get a bad rap mm-hmm. because I think overall they're zestful, full of energy kids. But our culture has made them sound like they're these demon seeds 
that you you have to hold your nose and get through adolescence before they turn human again at age mm. 22. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I think this next generation is going to be a key to the future of, of our country, at least in the United States. And they've got a lot to look forward to. And I think the key is to getting them focused on the good things in life, whether it be virtue, but they've got to understand what respect is. They got to understand what discipline is. You have had ten adopted children. I'm sure you learned by experience as well, and you incorporate that in your book. Well, I can. If you guys will let me brag, please. I don't. I hate to brag on the air like this, but <laughs> my son's parole officer said one of the nicest kids he has. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, there you go. At, at, at least he, he he got straightened out. I hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, but oh, with that being said, what is the one takeaway as we wrap up uh, this morning's interview uh, that you hope they that parents walk away with? Because the book is not just on teen; it's really on parents and how to deal with your teen. Yeah, it all comes from a parent's perspective. The takeaway: two things. The culture is no longer on your side, and you have to have the backbone to stand against it for your kid's sake. That's the first thing. The second thing is discipline is not a dirty word. It's a loving word. In the book, I talk about, I say, tough love. No, no, no. It's love. It's not tough love. love. It's love. Wonderful. I like that. All right. Dr. Ray Garandi, as always, we appreciate you, and good luck with your new book, Standing Strong, Good Discipline Makes Great Teens. I agree with that phrase. Let's hope parents will go out, pick it up, and uh, use it as, as a good tool when it comes to dealing with their teenagers. Thank you. You know, Damien, if they want a signed copy, um, all they have to do is go to my website, drray.com. All right. Oh, there you go, drray.com. Get a signed copy. I think that's wonderful, a good way to start the new year. Thanks for being with us, Doc. Thank you, sir. God bless you throughout the year. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Always a fun interview. Yeah, when he's, he's, he's a hoot. I really enjoy him. Uh, <laughs> not so fun as the next guest. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Dr. David. Doctor? Doctor To go along with the doctor in the house, David Dawson. Okay. We, uh, he'll be up next and uh, talking about more things when it comes to family. You're on Wednesday. everywhere. It is 35 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Colado and David Dawson. Our next guest is David Dawson Jr. He is the COO of Witness to Love. And today we are talking about New Year's resolutions. Good morning, Dave. Thanks for being with us today. Good morning. Absolutely. Okay, New Year's resolutions. (laughs) Like, we're all motivated. We write them down. They look pretty. (laughs) You know, and they then 10 days later, For we forget, minutes, we forget about great. them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they look pretty <laughs> on many, the planner. How many people you know, put, need says... to lose weight? I'm not sure <laughs> that's too pretty. I'm going to eat kale and uh, vegetables. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's on a kale kick. <laughs> right. Anyway. That's the worst thing how I can think of. How do we stick to them, Dave? <laughs> yeah, and how yeah. do we make realistic New Year's resolutions? Because we can, we can put all that down, but the part... The point of a resolution is to better yourself for the year, right? And and do something different that can help help yeah. you in some way or other people. Yeah, I think part of the, the difficulty with being realistic is being realistic about the fact that we really don't want to do these things. 
<laughs> you know, like the reason the reason we're not doing them is because we don't want to. Um, and I think that the assumption that if we can finally kind of get our life organized, or like buy the right equipment, you know, I know the amount of times that I or friends of mine have like you buy a gym membership or like you get, you know, the, the right shoes or shorts or uh, you get that prayer journal and, and the Bible study book because um, finally I'm going to start, you know, when the truth is the excitement about the goal, the excitement about reaching that goal is great and, and, and it's easy to buy equipment. That part's easy. Uh, I think we assume because we want the results that we'll want to, to, to do these things. Like, I want to be healthier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, therefore, I'll want to. And the truth is, like, the reason we haven't been doing that all year is because I really don't want to. Like, I don't want to pray. I don't want to eat better because uh, it doesn't taste good. Like, I don't want to exercise because it's hard and, and there's nobody doing it with me or something like that. You know, I don't want to wake up earlier. And so we just stop because we, we come up against the reality of, like, just how little virtue we've got, you know? <laughs> and so I think part of the, the, the difficulty is the realistic, the, the, the reality that, like, we really don't want to. And, and what actually motivates us as human beings is different than what we think it is. I think a lot of times the assumption is we're motivated by wanting to be better or be healthier or stronger or, you know, have better habits or pray better, that we want to improve ourselves. Uh, when the truth is, when it comes down to it, we really don't care that much about ourselves. Hmm. Like what motivates mm-hmm. us? Like God wired us to be way more focused on other people oh. than we are on ourselves. And even like our thoughts about ourselves is like, I want to look good for somebody else. Like I want somebody else to tell me that I look good, mm-hmm. that I don't look fat. You know, or I want God to be proud of me. I want God, you know, my prayer to, mm-hmm. to, to, to have good thoughts about me that I'm not a dis- disappointment to him anymore. You know, that uh, even when we think about ourselves, it's someone else's image of ourselves. So that's why, you know, people join workout groups is because I'll show up for that guy, but I'm not going to show up for me. Huh. We really don't care that much about ourselves, mm-hmm. yeah. Is that a bad a thing point. or is Make that a, a good point. thing? No, no, I think that's, that's the way God created <laughs> that's, that's us, right? That's interesting. Us that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a different way of thinking. Us, that's our motivation. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Well, you yeah. know. Uh, honestly, d- trying to be healthy and maybe attempting to go to the gym or putting that on your New Year's, res- New Year's resolution isn't a bad thing. I think making it realistic no. or maybe enhancing your prayer life, maybe setting a realistic goal of I'm going to wake up maybe 30 minutes early and, and focus on prayer or I'm going to go to the gym two days a week and then maybe build on that. Something like that maybe can be realistic. But let's talk about prayer life, Dave, because, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, you know, sure. it's a it's a new year. Um, and maybe we didn't do so well last year. We want to kind of make it a little bit better. We throw so many different devotionals out on the morning show, ways to enhance your prayer life with as little as five minute devotionals for the busy person, because you know, we're all busy. Um, so any tips on something like that on how we can grow closer to God this year? Sure. Sure. I think, I think the key is, uh, and this is the the hard part, but the good news is that the, the key to success with something like this is that it's, it's instead of seeing it as a goal of something that I'm doing, like I'm going to do this in prayer, I'm going to do these two days, I'm going to do this devotion, those things are going to be a means to an end. But ultimately, what's going to motivate us is not like I'm going to be better at this, right? I'm going to make God proud. I'm going to make myself proud. I'm going to be a better prayer. It's, it's a relationship, right? The relationship will be what motivates me. And ultimately with prayer, God's in charge of that. Right. So my ability to to be successful in prayer is going to be his responsibility. Right. And it's going to be his initiative. And I can think, not that I'm not doing anything. I have to put myself out there for him, which is going to be my scheduling process. That's a piece of it. But what's going to motivate us is like, I'm going to go so I can be surprised by him. 
right? I'm, I'm going to go to prayer so that he can surprise me with where he comes. And the same way that, like, when we get excited about going on dates with our, you know, significant others, what we're excited about is that I'm going to go and be, like, surprised by the awesomeness of them again. If I'm going to go and know exactly what's going to happen, that's not exciting. I don't want to go on that date. But we go on a date because, like, I'm going to be surprised by the awesomeness of this other person. There's going to be something there that wows me. And with prayer, with prayer, mm-hmm. it's the relationship that draws us, right? It's not like being good at it that draws us. If someone is like seeing me kneel and look pious and they're giving me a gold star, that might get me to adoration or something because there's somebody there who's going to say I'm awesome. But like, that's only going to last a little while, mm-hmm. especially when I'm trying to pray at home. Nobody mm-hmm. cares. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to get mm-hmm. a pat on the back. But then what's motivating me? Yeah. If God, I mean, because God's not going to yeah. give us a gold star. We're not going to impress him. So I think with that, with, with, with losing weight, with, with exercising, all these New Year's resolutions, if it's got to be a relationship with God, getting better relationship with my family, being a relationship with friends, working out with them, like that's going to be the only thing that's going to be like, that's going to get me there, that's going to motivate me not only to start, but to continue more than just a couple of weeks. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, you make a great point. So one of my New Year's New Year's resolutions that I really wanted to emphasize was being more in the present instead of worrying about what's going to happen or what I think is going to happen because ninety nine point nine percent of the time it never happens how I envision it. Right. Um, and we're not so really supposed to be doing that in the first place. Um, and I think that's the human in us. But to be more in the present and to look around and say, Oh my gosh, you know, I'm I'm marveling in the fact that there's a blue sky out or I'm alive today or there's food on the table, the simple things that sometimes we forget about. So something like that. But like you said, having a relationship with God, being in the car and having a conversation with him, you know, talking to him throughout the day. Um, Whenever you're stressed about something, because a lot can happen during the year. um, Talk Mm. about that, Dave, how we can focus on God through the midst of the struggles, because of course, Mm. we never know what we'll bring in 2024, good or bad. Absolutely. I think the assumption when it comes to spending time with God or talking with God is that I've got to be free of my human limitations, my distractions, my discomforts, uh, my sinfulness, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and that's never actually going to happen. And if we waited for that, or if we tried to work towards that, God would be waiting a very long time. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, you know, yeah. going on a date and, and, and you're spending hours and hours in the bathroom and, and your, your significant other's just waiting, you know, like, I just want to spend time with you. And I think God is not mm-hmm. waiting for us to look good before we go to prayer. Uh, or to not be distracted, or to do it well. I think um, to go and be surprised by Him means that I'm going as I am, uh, but like just to spend time. And that's that's the key. Is is I got to spend time just being like, here I am, here you are. I'm not good at this. Uh, there's a vulnerability yeah. that says like, just to say, God help me. Is it uh, with this process is huge. I think you know you read all, all these spiritual greats. They're all going to tell you the same thing when it comes to prayer. Like go. And just just recognize the fact that God's so much bigger than you. Think into that for a second, yeah. and then you're going to be set up for all kind of great stuff. Hmm. You know, most definitely. Yeah. No, definitely. David Dawson Jr., COO of Witness to Love. Thank you so much for joining us today. Maybe we can recap six months from now and see how our New Year's <laughs> resolutions are are doing. <laughs> if we stuck to them. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, guys. Yes, indeed. All right. Do you guys have any New Year's resolutions? Did you write anything down? I like that. Mine was a closer relationship with God. It really was, because it seems like all this other stuff I want to do is Mm going to stem from that anyway. It's just going to make me better. And so, I mean, it it took me a while to come up with that. But uh, that's when I realized in in the core, that's all I want. I I think Dave may have just said something just like that. Yeah. uh, 
you know. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't make resolutions anymore. Right. I, but I do have goals that I want to achieve. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, there you go. Goals that's are good. Awesome. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. a goal. Absolutely. Once to lose weight. Goals are good. It's an ongoing goal. It's been an ongoing we'll be your, goal. We'll be your cheerleaders. Yay. All Text right. us. Good. I went to the gym Keep today. Jimmy All right. Keep my hand from going into the candy awesome. jar yeah, if you want to be a watch. cheerleader. He's going to bring us donuts tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't put it past me. Oh, no. Along with kolaches and a king oh, cake. No, no, no. From our good friends don't at the Heavenly do Donut. <laughs> oh, stay with us. It's 45 past the hour on Wake Up. <laughs> Forty-eight past the hour. You're tuning your heart to the truth. I'm David Dawson, along with Gabby Smith and Damian Calado, and we are rejoined by a family member. I feel like Dina Dow. She's the director of evangelization and catechesis for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. And Dina, we're going to talk about hope in the new year. Good morning. We are. Good morning. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Sorry, Same I can't too. be in studio today, That's but sweet. I feel like. I'm present with you and all of our listeners. Yeah, it's great to hear you guys this morning. I've been listening about your New Year's resolution. Yes. And uh, interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It always includes more vegetables, you know, so we'll just have to see what happens there. But, but, I mean, it it has been an interesting uh, range of topics today uh, from uh, disciplining teenagers to uh mm-hmm. to a different way of looking at how we think about resolutions i mean that that is that has been fascinating but then i'm, I'm yeah. looking at the year that's passed uh and and i love the theme here that you're talking about we need hope everybody yeah. needs hope and that's what keeps us motivated in anything I, exactly you know i'm preparing for a, a breakout session um I'm giving at next week's Gulf Coast Conference in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And so it was perfect timing to talk about, especially in the new year, we have all these promises and we're looking back. And one of the scripture passages that's really standing out for me is Isaiah 40, verse 31. They that hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on eagles' wings. They will run and not grow weary, Mm. walk and not grow faint. Wow beautiful way to set the tone because the Lord is our strength and our hope and he's going to help us fly right on the strongest of wings which Mm -hmm. are eagles and in times of of weariness we're not going to grow weary we're not going to grow faint because if our hope is in the Lord our focus is on the Lord and then we'll be able to endure whatever comes our way yeah that that is been one of my favorites is uh, to run and not grow weary. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's that's. I mean, that in itself is, is great hope too. So I mean, so Dina, how do we begin that? How do we begin living that? Well, we have to acknowledge the fact that there's a, there's a reason for our hope. But before we even get into that, what kind of like attacks our hope? Yeah. And Bishop Fulton Sheen gave a talk in 1967, a lesson. And he gave like three foundations of hopelessness, and they're very providential for today. The first one is basically that God does not exist, right? Science and technology are going to just take us to the next power. And then a second one is violence. I mean, when you look at the the news, it's like the first 10 minutes is I call the crime report, Mm -hmm. and sometimes they save the hopeful stories at the end. I'm like, well, can you just switch it and give me the hopeful stories in the beginning? (laughs) And then the last one is something, um, is secularism. So the expectations Mm -hmm. of the world 
press in on us in yeah. a way that may cause anxiety, loneliness, and things like that. So these are realities that attack our opportunities for hope. But what you guys were just talking about, our relationship with God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. our Creator, our Redeemer, and the one that moves us and animates our souls, is our reason for our hope. And so placing our trust, our prayer, and our gratitude, which is huge, we can go through and move through these moments where our hope seems to be attacked and focus our lives on our Lord Jesus in many different ways. So are we resigning ourselves to expectations of the world, or are we focusing ourselves on what the Lord is calling us to and keeping our eyes on Him and hoping in the Lord? So it's okay to be aware of what's going on around us. I mean, we can't help but do that, I guess. But how much credence and how much attention do we give that? Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So temper that with our prayer. It's not like it hasn't happened before, right? We've had thousands of years of of opportunities where hope seems to be like totally diminished. Yeah. But there's always a glimmer and always a spark of our Lord Jesus within that. Yeah. Right? So grab onto that. And it's hard because there are opportunities and times where we're like, oh, no, I just have no idea. Mm-hmm. You know, so those are the moments mm-hmm. where we reach out to other people that bring us hope, or we ourselves, when we see other people that are experiencing suffering yeah. and, and times of just despair, that we go to them. Mm-hmm. So okay. it's so the community of faith is so beautiful right now. I know there's a family experiencing a severe loss. Their whole community of faith is pouring into that family right. and, and visiting them and giving them food and prayers and comfort, helping them with their yard, you know, expenses, all of this pouring into each other. That's interesting. And the, the one part, yeah, it's just powerful. And yeah. when we ourselves find ourselves like, oh, God, this is not, <laughs> this is not good. You know, right. when we get into that moment of hopelessness, it's like, okay, whoa, 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 where's my unshakable hope? Where in the midst of this storm is our Lord Jesus? Mm. You know, we, mm-hmm. we hear that you yeah. know, image in the reading where Jesus is sleeping in the boat, right? And the right. apostles are right. like screaming, like, wake screaming. up. Yes, like, we're dying here. Yeah. He's like, calm the sea. And he's like, what's the matter? Mm-hmm. I'm here with you the whole time. Yeah. Give it to me. Yeah. Give it to me. So very that's, powerful. That's, that's but, something. Uh, you know, you, you were talking earlier about the... Uh, the uh, wisdom of uh, Bishop Sheen, uh, Fulton Sheen, Archbishop yeah. Sheen. And yeah. it's just amazing. You're right. How timelessness, how, how timeless his writings are or his wisdom is. Yeah. And that part right there. And and I didn't think about the second one that you said that violence itself yeah. uh, could be yeah. very, very discouraging. And that's something I never thought yeah. of. And that just, that's, that's yeah. very profound, you know, because yeah. that can yeah. affect us and it can discourage us. You know, and then right, yeah. Th- then the other thing that you were talking about is to be charitable towards others mm-hmm. uh, in, in mm-hmm. acts of charity, and that is amazing too. Because we were just talking to David Junior about we are hardwired to be other centered. So yeah. when we put that into action, that's what you're saying. Will renew our hope movement? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because mm-hmm. when we share hope, we share hope. We renew our hope. I and see. So we can't give what we don't have. So yeah. we have to make sure that we're rooted in Christ and our hope is in the Lord so that when others come to us right. in sorrow or suffering or, or kind of like, I'm not sure about things, then we share our hope with them yeah, right, and lead them to Christ, who is our hope. The Lord gave us hope from the beginning of time. You know, right after the fall, 
there was a moment of hope. You know, in Genesis three fifteen, it's like, okay, you've sinned, but I'm sending someone right. to redeem you. I'm sending someone mm-hmm. to save you out of this despair. You'll never, ever, ever be separated from me. And the the person that magnifies this hope, and you know who I'm going to be talking about is the Blessed Mother. Yes, yes. She is Our Lady of Hope. Mm -hmm. Look at the life of the Blessed Mother, you know, and cleave yourself to her. And this new year, you know, focusing on prayer and trust and Mm -hmm. gratitude and asking for the graces of hope and for the Blessed Mother to lead us in her unshakable hope and trust in the Lord that she gave us. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, you've, you've, yeah. you've given us hope. You've given us hope. All kind of, this has, been a, this has been a good show, and you really topped it off for us. This is very encouraging oh, to begin the new no. year. So, Dina, once again, thanks yeah. for joining us. Hey, I'm looking forward to you coming back in the studio again, too. I know. I'll yeah. see you in February for sure. All God right, Tina. bless you all, and God bless. happy new year. Same to you. Thanks, Take care. Dina. <laughs> wow. Agree. This is rich. Yeah. This is good information today. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, mm-hmm. we all have to have hope. And absolutely. And absolutely. we're going to ask St. Elizabeth Seton to pray for us as well as ask for her intercession as we close out our show on this January 4th. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, you bless Elizabeth Seton with gifts of grace as wife and mother, educator and foundress, so that she might spend her life in service to your people. Through her example in prayers, may we learn to express our love for you in love for our fellow men and women. We ask this through Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. Thank you so much to Jeff Blackwell, our audio director, and Karen Cotton, our video technical director. Tomorrow's show, the Louisiana Knights of Columbus joins us, along with Peter Finney of the Clarion Herald, Michael Acaldo with St. Vincent de Paul, and Sister Marjorie Bear of Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Have a wonderful Thursday. God bless. Wake up is a production of Catholic Community Media.